0: of January 10, 2024, at
1: this time. great, thank you, Madam Secretary. Um, I'd like to wish everybody in the room, as well as on the phone or whatever, Happy New Year. And um, I will um, say that I'm looking forward to some accomplishments on the to-do list, which our CEO and CIO has given us as a pathway on items that we want to ad- ad- address in 2024. So I look forward to everybody's um, patience and uh, interest in this. What um, Do you want to call the roll, Madam Secretary?
0: Commissioner Thomas? Present. Present. President Helfand? Present. Commissioner Driscoll? Present. Commissioner Bridges? Present. Thank you. We have a quorum.
1: Okay, um, in the, well, let's do the communication, uh, Madam Secretary, you want to call the next item, please?
0: Item number two, communications. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at this meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to two minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by call-in. For each item, the board will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone by calling 415-655-0001, access code 2662-995-4743, then pound and pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, press star 3 to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your TV, radio, or computer. Please note that city policies, along with federal, state, and local law, prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and will not be tolerated moreover public comment is permitted only on matters within the jurisdiction of this meeting body we thank you for joining us
1: thank you madam secretary you want to call the next item
0: item number three general public comment a reminder that public comment is limited to two minutes Do we have any? I don't see any in person public comment. A reminder to any callers to please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, are there any callers on the line?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed.
1: Okay. Um, Allison, do you want to make that announcement or do you want me to do it? No.
3: I was going to do it as part of the CEO report.
1: Uh, all the way at the end.
3: It's in the middle, I think. But either way.
1: One, I'm uh, not one item, what's I, I think?
3: Uh, what are we doing? Are we going out of order though? For the I
0: think
1: it's on agenda. No, I'm going to give an, uh, an announcement. Oh, an announcement. Got it. Okay. All right. I'll I'll do. Um, uh, commissioner Safai, Supervisor Safai, has had his term expire as a representative of the Board of Supervisors on this board uh, as per provided by the, um, the rules of order. And um, uh, he is being replaced by su- uh, Commissioner, not Supervisor, in Guardio. and that is effective immediately well he'll be sworn in sometime in the very near future which our CEO will organize um, do you have any comment on any comment on that uh,
3: th- thank you uh, President Helfand um, yes we've already been in contact um, with Supervisor and Guardia's office to um, proceed with a, a swearing in and we'll um, um, begin the onboarding process I would like to thank uh, Commissioner Safai for his service uh, over, over the past uh, few years, it was uh, an honor to, to work with him. He served um, the, the the board well and served the beneficiaries well.
1: Great. And if there's anything we can put in print or whatever in our anything we put out or anything, let's we can talk about it. Though, um, I'd like to also indicate that um, uh, our CEO and I. Both visited with and had a very pleasant meeting on this subject with um, Supervisor Peskin, and uh, President Peskin was very. I mean, he, he was he did cooperate in terms of the discussion and um, in terms of the outcome. So I thank you. So let's uh, move to the next item, please.
0: Thank you. Item number four, action item. Approval of the minutes of the December 13, 2023 Retirement Board meeting.
3: Mr. President, I uh, move that we adopt
4: the minutes from the December meeting. Second.
1: Okay. It's. Um, let's have public comment, please.
0: We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, do we have any
2: callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed.
1: Okay, it's been moved by Commissioner Bridges and seconded by Commissioner Driscoll. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed say nay. Motion passes. Madam Secretary, you want to call the next item?
0: Item number five, action item, consent calendar.
1: Commissioner, Motion to move adoption, move
4: adoption of the consent calendar as submitted.
1: Second. Great. Madam Secretary, you want to call public comment?
0: We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, are there any callers on the line?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now
1: closed. Okay, it's been moved or seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those <clears throat> opposed? None. Motion passes. Okay next item please
0: item number six action item review and acceptance of the gas 6768 report as of june 30
1: 2023 um i, I, I just want to point out that but we shouldn't get um comfortable that this is a, going to be an ordinary type of agenda <laughs> <laughs> i guarantee you i guarantee you you we will pay next month so anyhow and and that leads to a comment i'd like to i mean yeah I really like the recording, concept. You, you do a great recording, and uh, anyhow, so we'll, we'll turn it over to you.
5: <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, Commissioners. Today we ask that you accept the June 30, 2023 GASB 6768 report. This report contains financial disclosures required by the Government Accounting Standards Board, and you will see these disclosures in both our audited financial statements and also our year-end annual report. I'm happy to field any questions that the board may have about this report.
1: Commissioners? Any questions, comments, a motion?
4: Well, I have one question, I'm yep. sorry. Yep. <clears throat> Ms. Brazil, the covering memo to the report, you mentioned how the four employers to include the school district for example use this report they're required to use the report correct that is correct but what's the big deal about this report that is generated or covers based on what we do here in terms of how the city and the school district and the college district and the courts have to operate
5: Sure. So the net pension liability is $3.6 billion as calculated under GASB 67. And the employers will be report, reporting their proportionate share of that at June 30, 2024, because they use a, a lagged uh, measurement date. So for the city, that means they will be reporting in their annual comprehensive financial report a net pension liability for this particular pension plan, because they they have other pension plans uh, that they... Sponsor of three point about three point five billion dollars.
4: Okay, so our work here has a lot to do with setting contribution rates. Um, there's the issue of then our results. We have other techniques that we're allowed to use. This information is sort of a snapshot in time in terms of the net pension liabilities, the total pension liabilities, and how that affects the city's total financial picture, mm-hmm. not just pension contribution. That is correct. So, so I make this point about how we are connected to the city. We always talk about our budget and getting positions and things like that. But this is a, based on the results we've achieved. It's an accounting number that the city has to use that affects their budget and when they go to borrow money, it affects their credit rating. So that's a very important connection.
1: Well, it's similar also to the um, health service system. Absolutely. Right? They have. They, the got to be there. Is what's the retire, the reserve for the retirement um, that we, they have to deal with retirees, and it does. It all folds into the city, so it is one of the arms into the city. Yeah, and
4: these are good numbers from us for the city compared to some of our peers when you look around the whole country. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Janet, good report.
1: And God knows the school district doesn't need any. Okay, um, this is an action item.
4: I move acceptance of the report. I
1: second. Okay, public comment,
2: <laughs> please.
0: We have no in person public comment on this item. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed.
1: Okay, it's been moved and seconded. Those in favor say aye. Aye. All right. aye, aye, aye. Right. Those opposed. Okay, the motion passes, and thank you. Thank you. Really, it's a lot of work. Thank you. Next item, please.
0: Item number seven, discussion item, Chief Executive Officer's Report.
3: Commissioners, I'll highlight um, two topics today: one, the Ford calendar, and two, an update on the Spurs lease with respect to the forward calendar what you'll see in your materials is that we've gone ahead and updated the full calendar year uh, of meetings previously this had been through june Um, from time to time i've gotten some feedback that the commissioners would like to have a better sense of what's coming in upcoming meetings this has always been part of the document but i want to or the board materials but i I do want to highlight it so um, you can always refer back to that if, if you have questions as to what's coming up For the most part, we stick to it. Sometimes, uh, depending on timing of getting data or other things, something might shift a month here or there. But uh, I work directly with the board president for the terms of reference each month to set the agenda. But um, you can see in here um, that we do have the year planned out. And to President Helfand's point, February will be a very full agenda. Um, Primary topics include actuarial items, the budget, uh, proxy voting, and results of our governance survey. I did do some work to try and move things up to this month, but it just couldn't happen. Um, So uh, we're a little lopsided, but I really wanted to highlight that February will be full so you can plan accordingly. We also have coming up on January 31st, the Investment Committee meeting and Ops Oversight meetings. These are also very important. We'll cover the budget in the Ops Oversight meeting, along with the presentation of the audited financials. Um, And the IC meeting will do, uh, with uh, sorry, Wilshire will prevent the capital market assumptions, which will be a key input into the asset liability study. So I look forward to um, uh, having all the commissioners participate uh, in in that meeting. Switching gears now to provide an update on uh, our location Um, and and wanna provide this update really in advance of budget season, uh, which we are in the midst of. Uh, as, as we've talked in the past, our lease expires this summer. Given the shift in the real estate market, it was prudent for us to evaluate our options. Um, we prioritize a number of items. One, we want to be in a location that is easily accessible by staff, by our members, by vendors. We want to be able to accommodate our current team and plan near-term growth. We want to be cost-effective, and we want to have a layout that's conducive to the way that we do business. With all that in mind, we've identified a property and are in discussions. Important to note for for this board that we are working in partnership uh, with the real estate department and in the um, um, required folks throughout the the city to make this happen. Um, the lease will ultimately have to go through the board of supervisors uh, for approval. Um, the lease is in um, is in the city's name, and and we have to follow those processes. But that is the update. There will be more to come as we get uh, further through the process, um, um, but wanted to make sure you were up to speed on where we're at. And this, again, may uh, have some implication on the, the budget as we get further to negotiating that lease. Any questions on the forward calendar or the lease?
1: I'd like to make a comment though, on, elaborate on the last item. Um, I. Staff has done and led by our CEO has done really good, well thought out uh, process and to maximize what we're going to end up with as a space. Um, Obviously, we faced um, uh, some headwinds in terms of the climate in San Francisco, the doom loop, and all that stuff. And we, it was, it, it needed to be said over and over again, and I'm going to say it over and over again here, that the decision tree for this was not the streets, the whatever. That, those were incidental decision points that we, we had to address also, but the main reason are economic drivers. And um, as we all know, uh, we're all uh, read the business sections and whatever, people are leaving People are moving, and the like. And everybody, they're taking advantage of the economic advantage of the the bad, and so we we felt we had a fiduciary responsibility to maximize our um, spend, and we seem to be we proved that out. We made our case. Uh, our CEO made a wonderful deck. It started the process out. With um, the mayor's office, which we had to get signed up or get a, some agreement with, which in turn brought in a former commissioner of ours, Carmen Chu, and as the chief administrative officer who handles real estate. Uh, I will put a parenthetical comment in that um, I, I personally, and I think I, I have uh, a number of people that agree with me, that the um, the way we are sort of corralled in handling our real estate decisions are, is, is, is questionable. I mean, we're, we're not masters of our own destiny on our balance sheet. And uh, whereas we have the fiduciary responsibility and that is our, uh, our destiny, but through that, all that, um, there's we we built a lot of consensus. We've got worked with the mayor's office, uh, the real estate office, and I think um, I'm looking forward to a closed deal. And I think everybody, including our constituency, and maybe they'll feel a lot more welcome in that place because of the location and the like. That they'll come in and see where we what decisions we're making on their money. So. I, that's the only comment I want. I, I really want to thank staff and, and the hours that have been gone into this in terms of doing space-binding and everything, and let's just keep our fingers crossed if this comes over the, the goal line. That's
4: it. I assume there will be some uh, interior design issues that, not now, but you'll be open to suggestions? because I've been to a few other places to make comparisons. In terms of making it nice, not just, number one would be our own working staff because they're here full time, but for the members who come down here once or twice in their career.
3: Yeah, there's, as President Helfond alluded to, there's a space planning process underway, and, and our key, one of our key objectives was to make this a place conducive for business, for for the employees, for our members, and for our vendors, and that goes into the design.
4: I'll forward my suggestions, thank you.
1: Well, actually, this should be tacked on. We're a forty. We're talking about a thirty-five billion dollar pension fund, which is in which is, you know, close to fully funded. It's in the top percentile in the country, and we need to look like it. And we need. And this gave. This does give us the window and time, to to really buff up our image so to speak we'll get a new set of clothes and um, it's exciting all right uh any further comment on the, no okay that was the discussion item no we have we done we haven't done public comment yet thank you
0: we have no in-person public comment on this item moderator are there any callers on the line
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no
2: calls, public comment is
0: now closed.
1: I can't believe it. It's 25 <laughs> minutes after. <me>. <laughs> 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 it's like, I could actually go to the lunch I wanted, was supposed to go to. All right. Next item, please.
0: Thank you. Item number eight, discussion item, San Francisco deferred compensation
6: plan monthly report. Thank you, Ms. Armenino Good afternoon. Good morning, uh, Commissioners. I don't think I have said that (laughs) ever. (laughs) Um, We have a light agenda, as President Helfand had already alluded to. As provided in your materials, you have your monthly activity report that shows the cash flows, investment performance, and demographic information. I'm pleased to report to you today that for Q1 of 2024, the SFDCP stable value crediting rate has increased to 3.01%. This is an 11-bit increase. The Q1 rate is based on portfolio yields from the prior quarter, and during that period it rose from 5.4 to 5.45. In addition, the Fed rate uh, was held steady, which improved the market to book ratio, and that increased from 93% to 93.2%. Both of these factors contributed to this higher declared rate, and it is guaranteed for all of Q1 and will be reset for Q2. From a marketing update, we are working on finalizing the communications timeline for 2024. You will see more details in the quarterly update we will provide for you next month. But in short, this year's messaging will include uh, some targeted messaging across five different cohorts in addition to general fund changes and National Retirement Security Month. Also, for your reference, I've included our most recent SFDCP newsletter. This was sent via email on December 19th and received a near 66% open rate and a 6% conversion rate. These numbers are incredible. They best those in the industry, including general government notices uh, that that usually have the highest engagement. And finally, we continue to make inroads with interdepartmental support. Uh, DHR included a reference um, to the increase in IRS limits. For 2024, they included that in their December newsletter. And in um, HSS, Health Services, uh, their newsletter that was received this week from um, all CCSF employees, um, the executive director, Abby Yant, actually included a reference to the SFDCP and the importance of contributing to it. She cited that retirees often underestimate health care costs and premiums in retirement, and benefits do not cover dental. So she really wanted to encourage people to put aside money in advance of retirement. And finally, I have, I have one um, personnel update. We are delighted to welcome Rachel Lum. Rachel Lum comes to us for as a public service aide in the controller's office. So she is familiar with PeopleSoft. We're delighted to have her join our small but mighty team, and we look forward to hitting the ground running with her um with that said those are my updates for this month i'm happy to answer any questions you may have
4: i have one general question thanks for the great report a lot of uh, positive numbers when you usually talk about money numbers going up is a good indicator however before our next deferred comp committee meeting another group were affiliated with, and I think it goes through plan sponsors, excuse me for not having this specific, but they're having another couple hour webinar where the focus is on financial wellness and the definitions of a successful program. Most of that is geared towards the average citizens who may or may not have a 401k plan, but they parallel what we do here, and our deferred comp program is a voluntary plan in support of their defined benefit plan. The question is, we've never really sat down yet, though we've talked about a success definition for the deferred comp program, one. Two, when we retained T. Rowe Price to be our new glide path designer and operator, they changed or we adopted a change in the concept of what will be the replacement income. Mm-hmm. So we've debated but never come up with numbers. My point being, leads to the question, Would you and or any of your staff be willing to listen to this webinar? Excuse me, I don't have the date and time, but it's coming up, and I believe it's before the next deferred comp February meeting, so that you can attend, listen, maybe pick up on some ideas that would then lead us to maybe not just how we changed our mission statement, but what is our definition of success for the deferred comp program, which is in one or two ways different than the defined benefit plan? Big question.
3: Um, Thank you. I I would recommend perhaps we follow up with you afterwards and get the detail and understand uh, what that session is and we could plan accordingly.
4: You all can make your own judgment. Obviously Commissioner Bridges would probably like to at least be aware of it as well as anybody else who wants. It plays to all of us. Thank you. Any questions? Comments? Thank you. Thank you. This was a discussion
1: on Public comment. Oh, we have no
0: in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line?
2: Madam Secretary, we have no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed.
1: Right. Thank you. Um, next item.
0: Item number nine, discussion item, Chief Investment Officer's report.
1: Okay. This was. This particular was you. Ha- it was in your packet. So.
3: Uh, Commissioners, I have three topics to cover in the CIO report today. Um, First, I'll make a few points on performance, particularly performance relative to the total fund benchmark. I'll provide an update of where we are uh, relative to our new absolute return guidelines. And I, uh, as usual, will um, read into the record the closed deals, and in this case, uh, terminations that we've made since we last met. On the performance slide, f- flipping to slide four. Um, estimated performance uh, for the calendar year to date is 9.2%. Um, as you all know, equity markets bounce back in a big way at the calendar year, and that um, was a big driver of the calendar year returns. Um, but it's also worth noting that private credit, fixed income, absolute return also um, uh, nicely contributed to performance. As you know, we try not to get caught up too much in short-term performance. We're also providing you with three-year performance, a little bit longer term, though I would argue not quite long-term, and that is on slide five. Um, Again, reiterating here, this is estimated um, uh, numbers. But our estimated three-year performance is 6.3%, and that is under the long-term actuarial rate of return of 7.2%. Broadly, uh, that's a result of the relatively low equity returns uh, over three years. You can see here uh, public equity delivering 1.8%. We'll, we'll get a little bit more into the year over year performance on the next slide. Um, but so, the th- all in three year equity public market performance um, was muted. And we saw a greater correlation between fixed income and, and equity over that period. Um, leading to the 6.3% return, but it's great to note that with our private market asset class exposure, we did exceed the stand a standard sort of more public market based uh, portfolio that 60 30 10 portfolio.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: On the next slide, um, I wanted to spend a few minutes since we did have time in today's meeting, um, talking a little bit about top line performance. We present. Uh, the, all the commissioners with a lot of details and facts. And sometimes I uh, want to make sure we're not losing the, the uh, forest to the trees. And I really want to talk about what's driving top line performance. Um, and what, what I want to leave you with today, and I, I'm going to walk through this page. I can see that, that you're all looking through it. I want to demonstrate th- uh, two points about our three year performance. When year to year, there are wide swings in public markets like equity markets, the lag effect of private markets will be more pronounced. And that is going to impact our relative performance to the benchmark. Likewise, because this plan has taken a very active approach to investing, particularly in a public equity book when we face periods of headwinds for the, the particular um, themes that we're leaning into, that will impact performance. And so even though um, we like to look over longer time periods when there's a confluence of events um, with equity market swings and, um, and and themes in the marketplace, that may impact our performance relative to benchmark. So let me walk you through what we're showing on this page. I was trying to provide you all a visual to, t- to tell the story. What you're looking at, um, is in blue uh, the, our public equity benchmark. So that's to give you a sense of what were the public markets doing in each of the calendar year periods. The gray is our total fund performance, and the yellow is the total fund policy <laughs> benchmark. So anywhere where I, where I put in red, uh, um, the the gray boxes are in red. That means we we did not exceed the total fund benchmark. And you'll notice here there's a bit of a pattern. So when we have a wide swing um, or a swing from negative to positive. Typically what we see, for instance, in 2015, public markets is down. It bounces back in 2016, and we underperformed in 2016. And some of this is, again, the lag effect where public markets come back. The valuations yet haven't been reflected in our private market book. And we will underperform a benchmark that is a public market benchmark. The same thing happened um, in, in 2018 to 2019. But the pattern is different these last two years. Um, and I should say that while we um, don't get the benefit when the equity markets uh, go up with the lag, we do get a little benefit when the markets go down because the private equity market book isn't, um, is lagged and, and doesn't go down as much. But again. 2022 and 2023 were different. We had the lag effect, but we also had the impact of our active exposure and the decisions that we've we've made and put into place in the public equity market book. And that was namely exposure in themes like growth and themes like technology and themes like China, which did not have uh, uh, tailwinds in 2022. In fact, they had pretty significant headwinds. So what happened is we had um, um, the confluence events of the lag effects as well as the bets that we had made uh, in 2022. And that is all leading uh, to a three year performance number that is mildly under the the benchmark. There is an impact of asset allocation when Wilshire does the full performance review, they they will walk through that. But I just wanted to, again, put before you, since um, we talk about a lot of numbers, Um, Acknowledge that the three year performance number is lagging the total fund benchmark, um, but we are long term focused. Um, There is a reason some of this is uh, due to the lag, but importantly, um, we are looking forward. So what we are doing, as you all are well aware, is we are undergoing a structure review for both our fixed income. Uh, book and for our public equity book to evaluate the themes and our approach to portfolio construction to make sure that over the long term, we get rewarded for the risks that, that we are taking. Um, and we do want to be focused on the long term. We won't, don't want to be, with a $34 billion portfolio, we don't want to be overly reactive to the, to, to the markets. We want to manage to get that 7.2% return for the long term. Um, so that's a lot of information, but um, again, I just wanted to highlight where we stood at the total fund perspective and, and paint a, a story so that, that uh, you understood the dynamics driving that. Any questions on performance before I move on? Is there, to any, is
1: there anything on this chart that keeps you up at night?
3: Well, everything keeps me up at night. <laughs> um, but I, I would say um, I think the actions that we are taking are are. Um, moving us forward, so um, I don't want to be reactive. I did not want to join the organization and turn the portfolio over overnight. The team's done a good job building a portfolio. We want to make sure we're positioned for the future, and to get there we want to be thoughtful in, in, in how we do that. Um, and, and, and with the onboarding of Wilshire and Mercer, I think we're in a better position to, to make
1: Thank changes
3: you. if we need to make changes, which Blind we may to not. see
1: you're not staying up thinking about this. <laughs>
4: I, can uh, I have an observation. The uh, Your page number two, um, I know we made the change a couple of years ago based on a suggestion, but the 60 benchmark, maybe it's a busy chart to begin with, whether there's space to put in another one or change, I don't know. But we are at least 33 percent illiquid, arguably 43 percent. So if we're trying to draw conclusions about looking at a chart, maybe we should pick up a index that's closer to our policy?
3: Well, our total policy benchmark, I would say, is the best proxy for how we're invested. That's by design what the benchmark is. The 60-30-10 is intended to more approximate. If we were had a more naive public market exposure without the private market piece, mm-hmm. what would re- the return be? So we can see the benefit of us building a team Uh, and investing in the private markets.
1: Okay.
4: Uh, There's a case for just about any set of ratios. I understand that. But that one is, uh,
6: who knows what people will
4: focus on. What you do on page three in one sense is more useful, though it's in calendar year, not fiscal year, which drives our contribution rates and our COLAs. I don't know if it's worth changing or not. Maybe there's not a big difference, especially on the three-year number. But again, our 7.2 number is designed to be a much longer-term number. Correct. So again, this all depends what you want us to draw to. Your explanation helps what we should focus on, because uh, uh, it's more than just a public equity index, which is now we're about around only one-third invested. Though the connection to the public equity and the private equity are is very large, so though with that one or two-year lag. So I'm just trying to think of how to, in case people are going to try to draw conclusions from this excellent report, they should be careful don't read too much into it thank you
3: any other questions on performance i'll turn to the absolute return slides so as you recall um This past summer, uh, with your support, we uh, updated our absolute return guidelines. Um, Just like we've done with a number of asset classes, we really wanted to put um, a portfolio construction and risk lens over the asset class, define the objectives, and make sure that we construct the portfolio to meet those objectives. Um, We also, as you know, do an annual deep dive review of each asset class. deep dive review for absolute return will will be this June. But given we put into place those new guidelines and given that we are actually operating right now slightly outside of those guidelines, in the spirit of transparency, I wanted to provide the board an update of where we are with respect to those guidelines. Um, if I could, um, bring your attention to slide 15, it's up on the screen, but certainly you can flip to that. That'll be the page I'll talk to, but I'll hit some of the other points that are on the, the other slides. So. Um, When we set the guidelines back in, I believe it was July, the idea was that the purpose of the absolute return asset class is to act as a diversifier to our other asset classes. To provide downside protection and provide sources of return, again, that are different from the other asset classes. And as part of that process, what we did is went through an exercise to sort of define, define categories of investments. And those categories were Core diversifiers, return drivers, and risk mitigators. We set the guidelines based on where we want to go with the asset class, not where we were. So six months into setting these guidelines, we are slightly overweight, if you will, on the return or exposure to return driver funds and slightly underweight, if you will, to risk mitigator uh, funds. And again, as we discussed in July, I have committed to reporting to the board when we are outside of guidelines. Um, We're not concerned, again, we set the guidelines to where we want to go and we've already started to make progress moving towards that. So because we are slightly overweight return drivers, underweight risk mitigators, some of the other guidelines which we didn't detail uh, here around what is our beta exposure, what's our standard deviation, those are slightly higher uh, than our our goal and our ranges. But that is all of a function of being uh, slightly overweight, those return drivers. We've already begun a process of uh, reducing our exposure here. And as, as we're putting money to work and new funds, those are going into the, the core and the risk mitigated category. We're making progress. We're seeing, um, um, to, w- even th- this year with the volatility in the market, we've seen the diversification being delivered from the absolute return asset class. Um, so we're, we're set on the right path. Um, but I wanted to provide you all with this information and give you an opportunity to ask questions if you had it.
4: It's a loaded document. I can't get it right before the meeting and expect to work with it. Sorry.
3: <clears throat> um, Commissioner Driscoll, one thing I'd like to share with you and the board. Um, given the timing of our uh, meetings in the month, there are some m- months where just when the quarter ends or the month ends, it to be able to get the numbers finalized into you. you
4: know, this particular month may be awkward with the work days, holidays, end of a quarter, end of a year. So again, it's nothing we're going to do overnight, nothing driving that, something we have to do today, this week, before the next meeting. So it's a great report. I'm just trying to tell you it's hard to get into a discussion about the inputs to it, especially when we see certain things over the limit, which is it related to the denominator effect, or other things you did or didn't do, or you're trying to rebalance based on new monies coming in. So I'm sure there's an explanation for every possible question
3: and to that particular question if I may it it's not I wouldn't say it's a denominator effect or other things it's we took a look at the absolute return portfolio we made a decision that we wanted the portfolio to diversify and provide downside protection the structure as it was wasn't quite doing that we set the structure where we want it to be and we're on a path to get
4: there yes, yes. there was a huge Allocation decision within the absolute return in terms of the eight, at least eight categories that have different effects when they're combined with the total portfolio, which Mr. Fransel's been trying to explain to us or to me. Uh, anyway, it's a very tricky subject to understand. So obviously you're paying attention to it. That's great. Reducing the drawdown, which was one of the also major effects, one of the benefits of diversifying using the absolute return in combination with the traditional asset class. So this all seems to be working and paying attention to. So I'm just telling you it's great. I would feel more comfortable, when I understand more about it. Which will lead to more questions.
5: The
3: team's done a phenomenal job, the Absolute Return Team, in conjunction with our risk team, to develop uh, analytics and and reports to be able to monitor it. So I am pleased with the progress and the rigor that has been put around uh, the the guidelines
1: and the construction. All on a stage that is a lot of gray areas in terms of the The climate they're investing
3: in, and and it's a challenging uh, asset class given the diversity of type of investments to be able to to uh, analyze and put guidelines around. Yeah. Any other questions questions? on absolute return? Okay, I will turn to um, closed uh, investments and, and terminations. Um, and I do have to read these into the record, so please just bear with me as I go through these. Uh, Balderton Nine, under our delegated authority, we invested thirty-five million in Balderton Nine. The investment closed on December thirteenth, twenty twenty-three. It's classified as a venture capital within our private equity portfolio. Winchurch Capital Partners Six, under our delegated authority, we committed 70 million to Winchurch, closed on December 14th, 2023. It's classified as a buyout investment within our private equity portfolio, and it's our third commitment to a Winchurch-sponsored private equity fund. Partners Solution uh, S Joint Venture, under our delegated authority, we invested 80 million uh, in Partner Solutions S Joint Venture, it closed on December 22nd, 2023. The investment is classified as real estate investment within the real assets portfolio, and as our third investment with Crow Holdings. Next, the Sustainable Asset Fund 4, under our delegated authority, we committed 80 million to Sustainable Asset Fund 4, of which 57.55 million closed on December 27th, 2023. The investments classified as an infrastructure investment within real A- the real assets portfolio and is the fourth investment with Vision Ridge Partners. At the board meeting on uh, March 16, 2023, the retirement board approved in closed session an investment of uh, up to $25 million in Aero Global Co-Invest Partnership. Um, the investment of 25 million uh, to this partnership closed on December 28, 2023. It's classified as a credit opportunities investment within our private credit portfolio. Magnetar Structured Solutions. At the board meeting December 13th, 2023, the board approved in closed session an investment of up to 75 million uh, in Magnetar Structured Solutions Fund. Um, the investment of $75 million in this fund closed on January 5th, 2024. It's in classified as a specialty finance investment within the private credit portfolio. And it is our first investment with Magnetar in the private credit portfolio. Next, um, again, committing uh, to uh, the, the policies and procedures we outlined with respect to delegation, we are reporting to the board on uh, terminated strategies. I, I approved the termination of Springs Capital on September 22, 2023. And the final proceeds of the investments were received on December 20th. That investment sat within our public equity portfolio. And finally, East Lodge Capital Credit Opportunities Fund. I approved the termination of East Lodge Credit Opportunities Fund on November 21st, 2023 and the final proceeds were received on December 29th, 2023. Um, that was classified as a credit-structured investment within our absolute return portfolio. That is what I had on, on closed deals and terminations and open it up for questions.
4: I'll ask the questions about spring subsequently to the meeting, but I want to understand something about the private equity commitments. In terms of Windchurch partner solutions, sustainable, and arrow, the delegation, we decided, but there was a condition, several conditions that these existing managers would have been in the first or second quartile. I assume that was all met the
3: the the delegation that's in the IPS is with the the primary condition or criteria is whether or not we had uh, invested with them previously and then there are limits based on the size of the investment relative to the total fund
4: my recollection is that they had to have proven that they had a track record of good performance, and I think we use it by defining it as quartiles in somebody's index. Maybe I'm totally wrong yeah, about I, that. I
3: believe that may have been in a prior iteration of something that had been contemplated. I will tell you that how we make the decision as to whether invest very much considers uh, the, the manager's uh, track record with the, the fund, that is key okay. to our diligence.
4: Well, then I'm going to have to go back and review exactly what was the basis for that delegation. That was just one of the routine conditions. Secondly, it has to do with Balderton. I just do not recall as, as a prior investment. Megan Ittar, I do, but not Balderton. We've had a prior investment with Balderton?
3: Yes. I don't okay. have the... T- I can follow up with you on the...
4: Thank you.
1: any questions comments thank you for the excellent report this is um discussion item uh,
3: it, if i may add one point i, yeah. I, I hadn't before um uh, commissioner Driscoll. i think you may be interested one one point that did come up as as uh, the board granted us a partial investment delegation was your request that the team um, participate in some decision quality training Um, We have uh, um, done that. We had an initial session and then uh, a half-day session. Um, It it was a very good process. I think it it enabled the team to have a lot of good discussion, thinking about um, not only making investment decisions into a fund, but generally our processes and other decisions that we make along the way. thinking more about what questions we're asking, how we're defining the, the issue that we're trying to address, and how to go about making decisions. So um, um, we pre- appreciate your recommendation to do that, and we have uh, had that training.
4: One, well, I'm glad to hear that. One, too. hopefully the board also will get some, not just listening to your success with it, but the board also will go through the process. If it's helping you, it'll help the board how we make decisions too. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Okay. No further comment, questions? We'll open up for public comment, please.
0: Thank you. We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, are there any callers on the line?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed.
1: Great. Uh, call the next item, please.
0: Item number 10, discussion item, retirement board member, good of the order.
1: For the good of the order, I think we've got a lot on the table for our good in the order, and um, that'll keep us busy for a while. If not, let's have a public comment.
0: There is no public in person public comment on this item. Moderator, are there any callers on the line?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line.
0: Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed.
2: Okay. We're adjourned. I can't believe it. It's still
1: morning. (laughs) It's still morning. It's just crazy.